to another van chat i believe it's van chat number 38 doing a lot of van chats so uh we run these live on youtube on the gear website's youtube channel uh simulcast them over on gun channels and tonight we're doing it on instagram as well uh we're going to be introducing the uh, gun show loophole tour the 2018 tour so it'll technically be our third year in a row on the road but uh i think our fourth major road trip uh with the uh, internet in tow so uh, looking forward to talking about that tonight. We just started the Indiegogo campaign for that. So anybody that wants to join uh, the tour can do so. We'll talk about that tonight as well. Uh, we've got some guests. We've got Angelina jumping in from Ellen Anchor in California. Thanks for joining. Thanks for having me. What's going on, everyone? And we got uh, Dead Horse jumping in from Utah. And I don't know if his mic is working or what. Could you not hear me? Howdy. Okay, right on. And uh, hopefully I'll be driving right through your area as well. Then we got Dano jumping in from Illinois. Yep, from the middle of the country. And I probably won't be going anywhere near you on this route, but uh, value your input. Actually, we'll be meeting up in Tulsa on this one again. Uh, then we got Smeggy jumping in from Michigan, and I guess uh, let's just say hey. Hey, how's everyone doing tonight? Uh, thanks for shutting down the cave so we could do this. Um, we won't be meeting up, but uh, again, I value your input on it. We've uh, actually done part of this part of the tour before together with the old van, because I'll be back down in uh, San, San Diego at some point. All right, so now I'm trying to figure out how to get this thing to not make a bunch of noise and copyright me in the middle of everything. And I don't know what happened to it, so I'm just going to close that window. Um, where do we want to start? I guess I can screen share the campaign and we can start going through it or is anybody have any uh, have you given the uh, website uh, for those interested in supporting you on the gun loop whole tour That's what do you need to type into their browser? Yeah, there's a I asked you guys to help me if I'm assuming anything. I think I started off the bat with assuming everything. So yeah, we're talking about the gun show loophole tour. I think I kind of mentioned this is the third year uh, in a row that we'll be out on the road. Uh, last year we did 11,000 miles. I keep forgetting how many states, 18 and 13 states. And then uh, um, 60 plus gun shops and gun shows every weekend pretty much. And had a pretty good, uh, I think, first year effort at it really uh, kicking in. Uh, it wasn't financially a success at all. It wasn't really meant to be financially like a money making. Uh, but with the transmission going out, it really took a, a kick. Uh, so uh, this year, we're going to try to use that knowledge and uh, just knowing how the van works, knowing what kind of mileage it gets, getting better numbers, better estimates on things, uh, having another year of uh, moving patches and stickers and things uh, with uh, experience. Hopefully, everything on this campaign uh, works and it actually pays for itself. And the real goal here is to get out and explore new gun shops. Uh, so we do the Daily Gun Show, which is a podcast that most of us are hosts of, co-hosts. Uh, every night we get together, except last Friday, where none of you did the show, just because I was sick. We're going to have to have a talk about that. Maybe I'm the only host of the Daily Gun Show after tomorrow. But um, normally we would have a podcast every single weeknight, and we talk about a different gun show every or gun shop every night. And uh, Bob and I, when we started this whole thing, uh, would drive around and look at gun shops, and we really thought that was neat. And uh, once I started going online and watching the van life, all these people that drive around and live in their vans or uh, do extended road trips in their vans uh, to save money on hotels or for other reasons really got me interested. And I thought, hey, this is a way that I could go around, check out gun shops, do something, Second Amendment, grassroots, uh, get people interested, get people enthusiastic about it, uh, encourage people to take that phone out of their pocket and just take some pictures. I'm not going in with a big camera crew. I'm not going in to try to emulate some kind of TV show. Just a dude in a van who uh, is saving some uh, money on hotels and stuff and putting all the money into gas and going into as many gun shows, gun shops as possible 
and attending as many gun shows as possible to uh, throw some light on the gun shows. And so far, I've had 100% success talking to gun show promoters, which are usually very anti-camera. And they've let me go in and take pictures of their shows to show people the scale and the flavor of the shows, that they're bright and they're attended by lots of different people and they have all different kinds of stuff there. Uh, so that's a big goal. That's why we call it the gun show loophole tour. Gun shows are important to the Second Amendment um, community because it's the only place an FFL can do business outside of their location. So a lot of FFLs, because of all kinds of reasons, have to do business in little out-of-the-way, hole-in-the-wall, inexpensive places to be or places that are secure or places that are zoned appropriate for their type of business. And the gun show becomes an opportunity for them to get out and around a lot of people and stay in business. It also is an opportunity for the community to get together and uh, hang out and chat and, and exchange information and ideas. Uh, so gun shows are important, and I feel that we've, if we ignore them, they'll go away. So this is an effort to get out there and shine light on those and on the shops that are in between them. Uh, along the way, we check out firearms museums. Um, we have some other projects like the firearms cards, uh, and we're going to be going up to Wyoming to talk to the people about that and hopefully get some pictures, maybe some cards with some of the original guns at the Cody Museum. Uh, we'll be meeting up with some Gun Channel's friends in Tulsa along the way, and then the NRA show is in Dallas. We'll be heading out to California to see some stuff and heading up to Seattle and Oregon, meet up with our friend Haas and other people we know up in Seattle, or in Washington at least. Uh, USNE, our doc, is up that way. Uh, so if we can get it worked out and people are interested in seeing this happen again, uh, we'll be on the road for 60 days. So I think that might have been a long-winded way of explaining the the tour and the concept, but uh, let me know if I missed anything there. Uh, quick question. Uh, I threw it up on the side, uh, but anyway, um, is that uh, this one is less than 30 days. Usually most fundings uh, things I typically see out there are, are at least 30 days long. Um, right. <clears throat> it's 23 days long, which I think is kind of cool. <clears throat> but do we notice what day that ends on? I did not. April 3rd. Uh, what is significant about April 3rd? I'm assuming yeah, it's something. What is significant about 4-3-18? 4 18. Guess it could be anything, really. Forty-three, eighteen. Yeah, interesting. So, uh, I guess I had to pick a day, and I didn't feel like making it thirty days out, so I made it the third of April. Okay. But yeah, twenty-three. That should be plenty. People either know what we're doing or not at this point, right? It's not like uh, really all that many people on Indiegogo are going to discover. I don't think so. That would really be. I, I mentioned it is uh, th there's some people that uh, get paid monthly versus uh, weekly or every other week. Yeah, that's why I did it at the end of the first or whatever. But again, I just did it because who? Not very many people get paid monthly on whatever today is uh, the tenth, and then won't get paid again until the next tenth. But I guess if they are, then they're not going to be able to support the tour. Is the military still not on a monthly pay system? I didn't even take the military's pay system into account when I was planning out the tour this year. Oh, okay. All right, so um, anyway, anyway, I guess the, most of the tour will be uh, explained here uh, with some of the destinations that we've already got in, in mind. Uh, a lot of this is similar to last year's, edited out the, um, the perks a little bit from last year. Um, we do have special stuff headed out to the first 10 supporters. So as we're doing this, there's only one. Uh, so um, it's an opportunity there. I think we've got our, our goals stretched out a little bit, or our stretches, what are these called? Stretch goals figured out a little better than last year. Somebody's echoing. If everybody could mute, that'd be great. Um, so I think these are a little bit more realistic. So the 1600 will get us up and going, uh, and that's basically what it's set for. Uh, what I do, the gun channels one for 500 and that screwed everybody up thinking that I could get the cards made and apps, $500, I guess. Um, so, you know, to make it more realistic, it's probably going to cost $6,000 to be on the road for two months. Um, so in order to do that, um, we've got it stretched out to there and uh, we'll do other things to try to make that 6,000 happen. But this way it's all incorporated into the goals there and anything that goes over that will go into uh, 
cameras basically and then we'll just throw it into the tour that we'll be doing out east if everything goes successfully with this one uh, then the the end of the um, description here is all the stuff we're going to be doing as I mentioned we do the, the podcast every day uh, we distribute the uh, the reviews and the photos out to the various websites out there uh, so we've got the gun shop guide that's got uh, just tons and tons of reviews at this point 60 plus from last year uh, we'll be hoping to add another hundred of them on this tour uh, learning from you know our experience on the road last year uh, we've got a bunch of um, new museums uh, the Buffalo Bill one I mentioned up in Wyoming uh, we'll be going to the Browning Museum, hopefully Dead Horse, and, that, and we can talk about that a bit uh, here in the area. And looks like we might have access to some other Browning stuff while we're there. Um, we'll be at the J.M. Davis again, and Dano will be there with us. Um, have yep. we talked to them about a tour yet? Uh, no, and that's why I think we're probably coming up to do in the next week or two to have another Tulsa uh meeting for those of us that are going to make sure that we have our I's dotted and our T's crossed as far as the groundwork. Yeah, I went ahead and just changed the dates on the event that um, Cycle Camp had started the planning session on. So because what happened is he did the planning session for whatever date he wanted that planning session and then the event disappeared from the schedule. So I just moved the date of the event to be the date of Wanamaker so that the training or the planning event is on the calendar still so we can continue to use that as a, right. a way to get together and communicate about the the meetup but anyway when we meet up in tulsa uh we did get the information last time we were there that uh all we have to do is give them a few days notice and they can arrange a tour for us and we can do anything from like what a tour or a tour like what a bunch of kids would get from like an elementary school uh to a nerd tour with you know floor to ceiling type of thing so uh, I'm sure the nerd the nerd tour is probably up your alley more because <laughs> we are kind of all gun nerds. Yeah, but I think it was more. I got the impression it was like they're not going to do the nerd tour for two people, but they might do it for twenty or something. Like they'll do it for if there's enough reason, you know, enough to to have the person there all day kind of thing. Um, but yeah, so we can find out about um, maybe hopefully just getting a lot more information than any of us have ever had. Those of us that have attended or been to the museum more than once now. Right, because they do have a active curator. I don't know if he's full-time or part-time, but I, but I did have an opportunity to speak to him uh, last time I was there, which was the first time I was there. And then since Angelina's in here and you live in California, you must know about the Autry, Autry National, National Center of the American West. Uh, yes, I do. Right next to that beautiful five freeway. So, is there guns there? Uh, I, I don't know. It's been a long time since I've been there. It's kind of cool. Um, the cooler thing would be to go to Travel Town. It's a bunch of old trains and stuff. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's like a... From what I remember, it's more of like Western art. Okay. Somehow it got in my list of gun museums. There might be a gun there, a gun or two. Um, I don't remember there being like a... Oh, look, there's a gun right there. Oh, wait, what's that one right under it? But it says stories in fact and fiction. It doesn't. Yeah, I'm like, I don't remember seeing a ton of guns. But... guns. This is kind of like a ton of guns right here. Yeah, so they got some guns. Uh, so we'll see if that's worth going to. Oh, here we go. Ongoing. So this may have been a uh, recommendation from someone. I had never heard about this museum before. Uh, the last time I went was like elementary school, but yeah. Now, now speaking of recommendation, that is something that uh, I don't know if you mentioned yet, but the gunshowloophole.com, there gun is a place. I wish it was gunshowloophole.com, but it's gunshowloopholetour.com, yeah. Okay, thanks for correcting me there. Um. <laughs> there is a place you can go there, as he is showing right now, um, where you can suggest a location and categorize it. Is it a museum? Is it a shop? Is it whatever? And uh, that kind of just helps with planning as far as putting everything like in one place. 
so that uh, G-Webs can plan out his his road trip. Because that's one of the things I learned from uh, the last Gun Show Loophole Tour is once the video started dropping, everyone put in the comments, oh, you were right down the street from so-and-so. That place is awesome. And it's like, it would have kind of been nice to know that beforehand. So that's a way you can help decide what what uh, G-Webs points his camera's at. If it's got cool stuff, then we'd like to know about it. Yeah, it's always best to find out from the people who live there, right? Who have experience with the shops. So what about the perks? Uh, are we going to, can we go into those a little bit? Because I see there's some patches and some stickers up. Yeah, so basically that's a good idea. Let's do the perks. So we went with uh, the featured one is the sticker. So we went with this logo for the tour this year. So this is doing something round. I, I was all rounded out. I couldn't find anything else around. So we went with the ticket aspect of the gun show. Um, went with this one for um, the $10 perk. That way I think it can be somewhere around 6 to $7 uh, coming into the, uh, to the campaign uh, for that one. Then you just don't want anything and you just want to... I'm hoping to get you know a bunch of people that just think it's a valuable uh, thing to have happen, an event to happen. So I can just throw down two dollars or five dollars, not expect anything, and that's just donations. Always appreciate that. Uh, then we'll do a patch of the same logo, and we'll sew those here. And I'm thinking I might play with this a little bit. Um, we'll see how popular it becomes. So far, I think we've got one person already. So um, this will be a patch. Um, then we'll have basically both of them together. And I clicked on that and I shouldn't have. Wait for it to come back. And then for the $100 one would be like the gun show table. You'll get a bunch of stuff and then some of the stuff from last year or from previous years. And uh, those are the perks. So try to keep it short and sweet. So uh, a lot of options for people who just want to drop a couple of bucks and the $10 one, hopefully, if we can get a thousand people to drop $10, we're on the road and that'll take us well up to, you know, well into the Bannerman trip as well. Getting back to Bannerman, but that's all another tour. And speaking of perks, uh, if you're the kind of guy or gal that likes firearms uh, swag, uh, another way of supporting this or just simply getting some cool swag is to head on over to gearwebsites.com and check out uh, some of the patches as well as some of the other swag that they have available over there and uh, help support the store and um, get some cool stuff in the meantime. So what's some of the stuff that cur currently, if you can share screen, what you have over at the store? Appreciate that. Yep, there's definitely options there. We got the tour is one of the places on the uh, store so you can get the patches, uh, the PVC patches. We've got some donuts left and it looks like we got some breakfast ones and some of the pit crew ones. So stuff from last year, the last year's patch is still there. And a couple of these, I guess, I hopefully these are still exist. Oh yeah, we got a couple of these left. These are some of the perks from previous tours. And yeah, these are things that exist in inventory. So buying these is instant scratch right to the, to the project. So we really appreciate anybody that uses the store. And you can get it now versus uh, a perk that's gonna be a little while in coming. And so let's talk about the the perks won't probably be that long. Um, I'm sure that uh, Angelina and I can figure out once she gets once we know how many people need stickers, you know, we'll be able to get those uh, out and everybody will be happy with those. The donations are donations and the patches will be the only one that I'll probably have to wait till I get back. I'll sell out as many as I can beforehand, but, you know, not knowing what the ultimate number will be. Um, we'll we'll see how it goes. If it turns into a big number more than I can sell, then we can take the art and send it to manufacturer and have them made. And then they'll just be ready whenever they get sewn and I can send them to my distribution center and have them sent no matter if I'm on the road or not. So hopefully all the stuff will go out. I think I set all the delivery dates for uh, May or something, but uh, or August even, just to be so that nobody's disappointed, but I think we should have them out well, well before that. I mean, so that, that'd be a good problem to have if you have to make too many patches. Right. No, what would be better is if Angelina has to make too many stickers. That would be that would be good. The stickers will definitely be uh, they'll be premium, so buy with confidence. 
and maybe some surprises too. So you got to pay to play. All right. So where we're at with time, we're about halfway through. So I don't know. We've talked about the perks of it. We've talked about the goals of the trip. Um, let's talk about the actual route. So put this graphic together and it's sort of the, the route. I didn't put arrows on it. I was kind of hesitant because that's a lot of data to throw into this, but for the most part, we'll be starting in Tucson, heading over to LA uh, and then down to San Diego, unless I can work it out, then maybe it'll be San Diego, then LA, uh, then big Sandy in there. So somehow a little triangle of big Sandy, LA and San Diego. Uh, then we'll go back to Tucson, pick up guns and then head to Tulsa. Um, I'll probably swing past Dallas and pick up the rest of the Old West cards that are there so I don't have to ship them. And then I'll meet up with everybody in Tulsa. That should be fun. And then we'll see how the campaign's doing. And that'll be one of the waypoints. And if we're, where's that little list of stretch goals? So if we can get past the 1600 and we're well into the 3000, uh, then it'll be the good to go for heading north. And we'll head up to past uh, Dragon Man, who will be open by then. Uh, so we'll go in and hopefully, I don't know if I can arrange to be there on a Sunday. I don't think I can. So I'm going to hopefully uh, get in there and see if I can't get a tour. Otherwise, I'll try to arrange it to get what, back on Sunday. What state is Dragon Man in again? Colorado Springs, Colorado. So kind of where it says museum here. That's, called, that's Dragon Man or Dragon Land. Uh, then I'll be heading up to this gun show in Wyoming. Just check out the museum up there, the um, Buffalo Bill Center of the West, which is where some of the uh well there's like a few uh what winchesters that there's only one or two of and they're there uh so they have all kinds of neat stuff that's just one of and uh they were interested in uh having some of the decks of cards and um i talked to them at shot show so uh have a invite to check out the museum and everything there and from checking it out it looks like they're about to revamp their whole firearm section so it'd be an interesting thing to go check it out now uh, before they go into the remodel and then go back in a year or so after the remodel's done because uh, they're getting bigger. So it looks pretty neat. Uh, so again, we'll be up in Wyoming or something at that point, and then it'll be another decision. Do we drive all this other way? Uh, so we'll go back to those stretch goals and if everything's going good. And again, if we can get, let's say, a thousand people to drop $10, then we're way past all the perks or all the stretch goals. Uh, so if everything goes according to plan and everybody's thinking this is a cool trip, then we'll head up to Seattle area, check out that area. I haven't been up there since a long time, 1990-something, 90 94, something like that. No, earlier than that even. So it's been the early 90s since I've been in that neck of the woods. Uh, then I'll head down uh, past Yankee and all them uh, into Oregon, meet up with Haas and his shop down there, uh, meet up with the USN ER doc, and then head back to... Salt Lake City, and that's where Dead Horses area, neck of the woods. Um, head out to the Browning Museum there, and some other cool stuff. The Browning Home is there. These three factories are there. Uh, Silencer Co. is there, North American Arms, all kinds of cool stuff. Cobra, uh, Robinson Arms, lots of gun stuff in Salt Lake City. I want to have a long time there. Uh, Christian What are they? Uh, really uh, really high-end really rifle really and 1911 revolver. Really, really, you know, $4,000, $6,000, $8,000 bonus. Oh, okay. I didn't know about them. And Fort Knox is there. Um, lots of neat stuff. So uh, I don't know how much stuff I'll be able to check out because I'll be kind of booking towards NRA down here. Uh, then that would be the culmination of the trip. Hit NRA in Dallas and then back to Tucson. And then spend about a month wrapping it up. I'm hoping... This is 8,000 miles. Uh, we did 11,000 last time, but a lot of that was just unnecessary driving. So this route has us basically taking a break every 10 days or something. And um, um, hopefully, you know, we've talked about this in band chats, but we'll have the computer set up so that it can, you know, I'll be doing more, a lot more video on the, on the trip as opposed to storing it up on the way back. So uh, hopefully we'll see a lot more content happening during the trip and then I'll, plan bit about a month to edit videos and get the rest of the stuff up. Uh, like I say, we plan, we hit about 60 shops on the first trip or the trip last year. I'm hoping to hit like more like a hundred this time. So looking for like maybe a hundred videos of shops, hundred more episodes, of the daily gun show, and then all the 
associated extra videos that come along with museums and stuff like that. Some of the gun shows. Oh yeah, that that'll be awesome to see all the new, the new shops. Like that's one of the things on your last trip. Um, you know, I I was traveling a lot for work, and it if I had a free day or if I you know whatever just had an extra day after I finished the project before I had to come home, I'd go check out the local shops, and that's I actually enjoyed just going knowing that I'm just there to kind of hang out and see what's up, and uh, you know maybe buy an accessory or something. I can't really buy a gun unless I have it shipped to my house anyways or shipped to my ffl but uh you know that was just cool seeing that you were doing it i'm like well heck i can do that too and it was pretty neat it's just kind of cool seeing different parts of the country and what their gun shops are like so i i thought that that was that, that's a that's definitely a, a bonus of the trip of really getting all the different stuff out there and getting exposure for these shops. I mean, some of them, you know, when I was talking to them, it's, hey, do you mind if I take a couple pictures? I'm going to post them online. Is that okay? They're like, oh, that's awesome. Like, any anything you can do will help. You know, they were very appreciative of it. What about um, the chocolate chip pancake aspect? Is that part of it too this time or no? That's a good question. So last tour, last tour um, Everybody wants to feed me all the time, and being mostly vegan, that's a pain in the butt for everybody. So um, did the chocolate chip thing, but the problem is I got super fat eating chocolate chips, so you can talk everywhere. <laughs> so um, yeah, I think we we had collected fifteen different chocolate chip pancake places uh, along the tour from all around the country, literally. So there's definitely an aspect to it where I'd like to keep that going, but I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's a little, it's a little. Uh, At your typical sure. American diner, what else w w would be common that you don't mind eating? Honestly, I'm not going to think about it right now. I'm not having the best uh, luck in the last few days eating, so I'm going to move along from that one. But that's a good question. I probably okay. will do some incorporate some sort of food to it, but honestly, this time around, I'm thinking uh, less about the aspect and more about just trying to stick to the coffee. No, find out how to do more gun shows or more gun shops uh, than in the past. Um, like I say, a lot of if I, I was going to say one of the things I was trying to look for here. I'm, gonna, I'm not screen sharing. I'm going to try to grab my maps over here. Um, in preparation for everything, I went through and uh, built another map over on the uh, Google's. I think that'll help illustrate what I'm getting at. So this is, I think, the map I'm talking about. Did it open up? Map has two new layers to view in Google Maps. Okay, great. So this was the tour from 2017, each of the shops that we visited along the way. And I was kind of noticing that they, they accumulate. If we go down to San Antonio, there's a lot of them because I was hanging out with Edge and he took me to all the shops in town that he knew about. Uh, if we go to um, Illinois, it would have looked like that if Dano and I would have had more time. Uh, if you go to Oklahoma, it looks similar because uh, of hanging out with um, P226NUT. Um, but then there's lots of gaps in between here because I was driving such a long distance. So even though this one is um, 8,000 miles, not that much shorter than the 11, I'm doing it in 60 days, where this was 11,040 days, I think. 48 days or something. So basically I'm spending more time on the road this time. So I guess what I was saying is I'm looking at how to uh, have more targets of opportunity, I guess is the way to say it. There's a couple of times when I was driving down the road where I had to make a decision when I see like a sign or something. Should I pull over here and check out this gun shop or how far do I need to get today? And there'll be fewer of those decisions to make on this trip. If no, Right. I'm just curious. Uh, do you ever uh, like randomly sample? Like if you stop for gas and you just you and the cashier back there ask them, "Hey, is there a, a, any gun shops within a couple miles of here or anything like?" Just to hit up that local knowledge aspect again. Yeah, actually, that's a good question. That's one of the things that I tried to do, and that's one of those. I think you get a better, um, like if I go on Google, if I'm in an area and I go, "Okay, I got a minute, and it's business hours. Let's see what's around." Right, and I Google gun shops. What am I getting? You know, random. So if I can go someplace and ask them, then yeah. And especially if I can 
uh, if they if they know what I'm doing. So more often than not, I got that kind of advice from gun shops and surplus stores. But um, I guess if I see somebody open carrying at the museums, I'd ask. But I hadn't. I guess I don't just walk up to random people and say, "Hey, where's a gun shop at?" Not not jumping out of a yeah. I, I don't mean like white like van and walking down the street and you accost them and say, "Hey, where's the local gun shop?" Yeah, no. But um, most of the shops, I would ask if there was anything else. After that experience in Ohio, I think we talked about it the other day. That little reloader shop. Um, after that experience, which luckily was right after Smeggy, so it was kind of at the beginning of the tour. Um, I would ask each of the shops, and I remembered to if there was any other shops nearby, because they'll always know the coolest stuff, or like a surplus store. Uh, that is true, because that's how I found uh, a gun shop that actually has a lot more reloading supplies, powders, primers, that sort of thing, than my regular gun shop that I go to that has a lot of concealed carry stuff, but has very little of the reloading stuff. Is is They do know exactly where all their competitors, as well as other people that have different stuff. All right, and that's part of the aspect of this whole thing, too. Uh, we're doing this on Indiegogo. You know, I'm not just going to a couple of different people and saying, hey, you know, I've known you for years. Throw me some money so I can just go do this little project. Uh, this is supposed to be a way to uh, play with the new media, play with this interactive medium we have called the Internet. Uh, so uh, we're going to encourage you to share the project uh, with people on, in, on the Internet that are interested in it, but also with shops. Um, not necessarily trying to make this like a pay to play type of thing, uh, but if a shop is interested in supporting something like this that's all about um, supporting other local shops, then uh, again, that might be a way. If, if a thousand gun shops threw ten dollars at this, it's paid for, and then we can quit talking about money and we can start talking about the shops 100% of the time, uh, which is what we oh, so, so you're suggesting this shops, like if there's any shop guys that are like, hey, I want you to stop by my shop. Review it or check it out. I did not say that because I'm really not interested in saying, "Hey, for ten dollars, oh. I'll stop by your shop." But if they want to support the concept of somebody driving around and just randomly looking at shops, then I'm all down for people like that who are part of the community and supporting the concept. But I, you'll see, I didn't put. I have a section in the in the notes from last time, the fifty dollar request to gun shop, but I actually haven't even put it in as a perk because I'm not interested in supporting some shop that just paid me fifty bucks. What if they suck? Right? What if they're the worst shop in town? Uh, I'm not going to be beholden to them for $50, right? Um, so I, I've had this here, but I don't even know if I'm going to put it in as a perk. So I guess what I'm saying is if somebody wants to throw $25 down to buy a patch and I send them a patch randomly, there's no obligation there. If I go to their shop, great, but I'm not going to know it's their shop. I guess I was just suggesting if they want to, if people want to share this, to share it both with people you would consider audience, people that might enjoy seeing a bunch of gun shops every day on the Daily Gun Show, but also to people in the industry. Um, I noticed that over on the YouTube side, Tuhai was recommending a couple of manufacturers. So there's a lot of manufacturers on the route we'll be driving around, uh, but this is the gun show loophole tours, and I, my goal is to look at gun shops, not manufacturers. I did manufacturers back in 2012, and while it's infinitely interesting to me, I really like looking at machines and stuff, um, it's really about selling their product. So, oops, there goes my phone. Uh, we're off Instagram now. But um, uh, there's just a little bit different thing to it. And I'm not doing this because I'm trying to build my YouTube channel. I'm not doing this because I'm trying to get famous as uh, somebody who tours the country. I'm doing this because everybody's got a phone in their pocket and the internet is a weapon and the internet is a tool. The internet can be used. It's not just a way to watch stuff happen. It's a way for us to interact. So I'm hoping that this inspires people to do a better job of taking pictures of their gun shop. Hopefully I run through town, I take a really shitty video of their gun shop. They get offended and take a really nice video of their gun shop and post it online. And that inspires three other people to do something similar. So that's really the goal of the thing. And um, that's what I guess I was saying. I didn't just try to look for a couple of corporate sponsors to just have it be it, make it you know happen. So when I say share the, the project, uh, that's, I mean, I, like I said, I'd much rather have a thousand people throw ten dollars at it, so it's just done, than you know worry about some sort of pay-to-play with the gun shops and the biggest shops can afford to have me roll in. Um, I really don't walk in with any kind of uh, appointment or anything or schedule. I'll come in, I'll ask if I can take some pictures. I take the pictures and I leave. Uh, I'm pretty sure none of them even knew I was there. 
other than some guy was there taking pictures and they left. Uh, because again, I'm not trying to make it a big production or some sort of a promotion of any particular shops uh, as much as the concept that gun shops are super important. And if we don't all get up and do something at this point, we're about to lose everything. Right? Well, we could lose everything. So let's fight apathy. Yeah, that, that is definitely a very good point. That the, uh, you know, the because well, you had mentioned gun shows as you know that's some of the places like the only places the gun shop can actually operate outside of their building, but even just local gun shops themselves also, right? I mean, a lot of people go to big box stores and all that stuff, and you know what happens if the big box store decides it's not healthy for their bottom dollar to really support the Second Amendment. And your local gun shop isn't around anymore. Like then, then there's nowhere to go. And we've seen that happen in the last month. Yes, we definitely have. That's not an imagined thing. It's we have precedent for it. <coughs> All right. So um, this is a van chat, and there are a couple other things we can get to. I appreciate everybody's patience with us talking about the uh, tour for such a majority of the show. But if I jump over at my schedule here, since I've got some co-hosts this weekend, um, we do have a couple of topics. If you guys are okay, if we'll talk about them. And we'll wrap it up. we got about 15 minutes still. Yep. Yeah, let's roll. So the first one was, the well, first off, we got in here because Al hasn't been in in a while. Did you fix your door trim yet? I did. I think it worked because it hasn't come off. Okay, so you had a piece of the door trim kind of where your butt is on your driver's side door, and it was flapping around. So we suggested you go get that black goop, cram it in there, and then jam it on there. I don't know if we said put tape on there, and did all that work? Uh, yeah, so I kept the door shut for a while because I figured, like, all right, if I don't fiddle with it. So I just drove another car for, like, two days. And then, I mean, now it's, like, on there. So... I mean, I, th I think it's good. Also, um, I don't think, uh, I know we talked about it briefly in a different chat the, uh, maybe a day ago, um, your experience with uh, dash cams at this point as far as where you're at now. Oh, yeah. So I got that, the van, what's it called? Van True? I think that's what it's called. Um, dash cam, and I really like it. I haven't, um, I don't think I filled up my card yet. I think I got the 64 gig. Um, but yeah, the video is great. And if you lick the suction cup, it stays on your windshield. And what was the feature that, that, that you really liked about it? Because I can't, I, can't, I can't remember it myself, otherwise I'd just say it. Oh, it was, we, we thought it would have like a time lapse thing where you could just stitch all your stuff together, but it doesn't. We were wrong. Um, so it doesn't have that feature, but I still went ahead and grabbed that dash cam. Uh, and I'm glad I did. I like it. I turned the inside camera off, though, because, I mean, it's just like me in the car, so it's fine. Um, so I just used the outside camera. And, yeah, the video looks great. Um, and it you know, works without a hitch. What's odd about the time-lapse is I had mine in, when I had the same model as Angelina has, and in the firmware, uh, which is just the little menu you go through to, to set up the parameters you want it to operate under, uh, it does say time-lapse in there. I've, I just never used that feature myself. Well, it turns out the time-lapse is for the parking mode. So when you walk away from the car and it's off, it'll go into parking mode and it'll start to record everybody that walks in front of it, the motion sensor and all that, or something like that. So, like on my um, camera, when it does that, it turns into a whole bunch of three-second or whatever, 30-second little files of a person walking by uh, or a car driving by or whatever in the parking lot, whatever triggered it. The time-lapse, it sounds like what yours will do is take all of those files from that period of time. As soon as the car starts again, it'll wrap up all those files and turn them into one file. So, you don't have to open up a bunch of little files. You can just open up the one mesh file. You can put a, uh, a GPS thing on that camera as well as a speed thing. Like oh, it'll so. tell you how fast you're going and then yeah. where you are. I didn't like the idea of the speed thing because I don't want it to be used against me. <laughs> yeah. 
All right. Well, I feel like the van chat is helping the world then. So we got your trim fixed and you're covered and maybe your insurance rates will go down. So maybe we're even saving you money. I should, I should ask my insurance agent if that gives me some kind of a discount now. Probably not. So going into our topics, then we can go to van chat topic number one, most relaxing parts of van travel. I think it's the this lack of stress having to find a hotel. It's much easier to just find a parking lot or a cool place, park, campground, any place to park than it is to stress out about hotels, which one's the cheapest and if it's going to be decent and all that kind of stuff. I could see that. It's also I, I think the most relaxing part is sleeping in the back while someone else is driving because I don't own a van. So every time I've been in one, I've just been a passenger. And that's super easy to just cruise down the road as a passenger. Oh, yeah. And that's exactly being able to go in the back and stretch out and lay down and actually get sleep. That would be great. I mean, if there was a reason to go back and forth across the country with speed, like if we were doing some kind of cannonball run with other YouTubers who are too wimpy to take up that challenge, then that would be awesome, wouldn't it? Talk about advantage bands would definitely win that race well especially a team right because then you got that whole like the trucker thing one person sleeps the other one drives with three people you'd you'd only stop to like keep put gas in it and get food yep that's probably why none of them will take the challenge and do some kind of cannonball run far more comfortable than even in a, in a cadillac or some very large car than laying in, in the back of some seat where you can actually, at least in a van, you, you can get, actually get the full length flat, not some sort of semi-fetal position lying on your side in a non-flat position. So aside from how all the other YouTube channels are chicken to do any kind of cannonball run, what are the other relaxing parts of van travel? Uh, line of sight over the vehicles, some of the vehicles in front of you, being able to seat see a little bit further down the road and the uh, safety that that gives you to be able to see what's happening ahead of you, the uh, beyond the, the one that's just in front of you. Holy moly. That sounds like somebody who's actually driven a real full-size van before. Cause that is every time I drive the thing, I think, why do I even own the cop car anymore? It feels like I'm yeah. driving around on a skateboard or one of them like scooters you go underneath to change the oil with. Yep. I, I love to be able to, to, you know, to be able to see multiple in front of, the, the cars in front of me be able to see what's going on down the road. So I don't have to wait for for that brake light to go on on the car that's 100 feet in front of me. I can actually see further down the road that he's not just touching his pad. Something's going on up there that we're going to need to move over. Yeah, I guess I've, I've always had SUVs or a truck, so I've always had that experience. I didn't think of that being a van thing. But, yes, being up high is nice. I can't stand being we're in rental cars. Than, we're higher than trucks. Some I don't think I've ever driven a van. Oh, man. How'd you get in here again? Because <laughs> we figured out, because so I have a Scion, and it's like a micro van. Technically, it's a van. So it's like a van, but like a... I'm trying to think if I've even driven like a minivan. I don't think I have. I've ridden in like a Sprinter van kind of thing, but in the back. Because it was like, you know those Mercedes passenger vans? I've ridden one of those. That's my extent. That's kind of like driving in a bus, really. They're just high up. All right, well, if we've exhausted that one, uh, this one would be maybe tougher for y'all, but Walmart, Walmart overnights. I don't know how much time we have to spend on that one since we're into the last 10 minutes of the chat. Well, that's not so much of the van as it's the van and does it, depending on the color it's painted, does it look like a potential contract worker's sort of setup or possibly a governmental type van? The more well, it looks like that, the better it works. My, thing. I, I've even rolled over in Walmart parking lots in a car, like a regular car, like being out on the road and slept in a Walmart parking lot in the front seat of a regular car. In my experience, if you park like in the very back, and you're not like, you know, causing problems or issues or being loud or, you know what I mean? If you just pull over there and all you're doing is sleeping, like, you usually don't get bothered with or anything. I mean, 
nope. if you're out kicking around and doing stuff and you know like then you'd probably get bothered but if you just pull over and sleep dude like people usually leave you alone at walmart exactly that's the thing that walmart is they definitely encourage it and if bob was in here that's probably you know when the schedule we didn't anticipate doing the the uh loophole tour here but uh that's what we'd probably be talking about and that's the thing you can uh you don't even need a, a how much I say like a discreet yeah I, I think I've been in those rider rental trucks I've been in a box truck I've been in a van I've been in trucks cars I I've I mean I, I'm a cheap ass okay I'm a cheap ass when I'm out on the road driving across country I don't pay 40 or 50 bucks for a hotel room for like just to sleep dude I'm like you know what I'm fucking fine sleeping in the front seat of the fucking car like you know only probably sleeping four or five hours anyway right like I'm fine with that, and then and then when I get to where I'm going, I'll get a hotel room and take my fucking shower and shit, you know. But yeah, like I, I'm not paying forty or fifty bucks just for five or six hours for a room and a shower. I'll stop at a KOA camp and get a shower for like four or five bucks. I think is what the KOA camps charge, and uh, and and you don't even you just pull in there. It's like four or five bucks. Go in there, take a shower, hot shower. I'll do that if I need to take a shower, but yeah. Or like, yeah, truck stops, there's flying J's that have showers inside of them. Like there's plenty of places. If you need to stop and take a shower, there's plenty of places to do that. And that's another place like how where the truck tr trucks parked, like flying J's and all that. I've literally parked a car or a truck or a van out there. Oh yeah. The super centers for sure. They don't mind at all if you're parked overnight. And they, I don't know how they would even know, honestly, even if they're monitoring, they wouldn't know if you're just, you know, eating lunch out there or whatever, taking a break. But uh, the Walmarts, my experience is they don't even, most of them, some of them in towns will mind. But if they're next to a highway uh, and it's on a interstate or something, most of the time uh, they don't even mind when the campers will, you know, they'll stick out their extensions and pop out their awnings and stuff and uh, kind of sprawl for a... Yeah, as long, as long as they're not, like, barbecuing out in the parking lot, right? As long, like, I know, that's I what I'm saying. As long as they're not, like, barbecuing like stuff. As long as they're there for, like, a night and they're not... You know, set up for like a weekend or something. Um, I don't know if it's just that it's too much for them to run them all off, or they just really don't care because you think about it. Everybody who's well, I think it's business. I think that buying stuff. They're going. Yeah, to the one reason I like the WalMarts is because they usually have clean bathrooms, right? So I can go in, use the bathroom or whatever. They're open twenty four hours, so that bathroom's there twenty four hours, right? While I'm out in that parking lot. But not only that, if I want a drink, if I want something to eat and I don't want fast food, I can literally go into Walmart and go to the deli or something like that, right? And it's not, you know, fast food type shit and get something at least somewhat decent and get a drink or cold drink, use the bathroom and all that. And it's just right there. It's, it's you know, it's actually better than a motel room, right? It's because you're closer to, to all that. So that turned out more than so not just vans, but anybody can Walmart overnight. But it is not every single Walmart, so you have to watch. Some of them do run you out, and when it's a pretty much abandoned parking lot, you can tell. Yeah, there's um in the city I drive in uh, that I that I go through Walmart parking lots at two and three in the morning uh, when I go to pick up passengers and stuff. Um, you know, two two of the three in the big town I drive through do close at ten o'clock at night on the weekends. So, oh yeah, and see those Walmart's will typically be the ones that they'll, their parking lots will be empty, except for like a street sweeper, maybe an overnight crew, and you'll be a little bit more obvious if you're parked there, and they might run you out. But again, if you're only for a few hours, most police and stuff know that you're just well, they'd rather have you sleeping than on the road. And at the one that is 24 hours, it's obvious as to who's staying overnight. Uh, but you know, again, they, they they stay away from the other cars, and they don't bother anybody. Nobody bothers them. No so harm, no foul. If you are driving, I think you're kind of safer too parking in a place like a Walmart parking lot or something than out like let's say in those uh like right off the highway rest areas, you know, out, literally out in the middle of nowhere, sixty miles from any town type thing, and you're just gonna pull over there and sleep. And I, I think I don't know. I think I don't know about safer because I don't think they're necessarily dangerous. A little less creepy for sure. But then as far as like. Let's say you get a flat tire or like something, something breaks or pops or something. Definitely more convenient to have a Walmart resources right next door than, or in the parking lot with you than when you're on like a rest area like you're talking about are usually in the middle of nowhere as far as, you know, facilities. 
we have a lot of those in Illinois of the rest stops we do have. They're all unattended. Uh, there's no place to go except to get back on the interstate. Maybe uh, so a vending like, machine if you're lucky or just water fountains. Uh, where it, Yeah, exactly. Whereas at Walmart, at least there's a human being inside. So if you need emergency services or you just need to use a restroom or you, or you need a human being, whatever, there's somebody there. Or to say, like, what's a good tow truck to get or where's the, where's the, I don't know. You know, an auto mechanic or whatever else you might need, or where's a good dentist or something. You know, exactly that. Well, local... yeah, the people who work at that Walmart probably live close around there, and have probably lived there for a while. So those are the people that know, right? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's good. But, uh, it's good. The rest of you guys live somewhere down the highway. Who knows? But or I don't really. I mean, I think I've seen very few people at rest areas like Dennis, and they're almost always nothing. There's maybe a custodian that'll come in once in a while and clean it. That's about it. All right, so uh, let's talk about not having to stop. We'll talk about, uh, try to do a commercial, I guess, old video. So where's this video from? This is an old one from 2011. So it's just an eight-year-old video on sport beans with caffeine in them. So we're going to turn on the film strip, turn down the lights, smoke them if you got them, but no talking. finally had a chance to check out the sport beans from Jelly Belly. I learned about these a while back at the Outdoor Retailer Show, and they're basically an electrolyte jelly bean with a little bit of caffeine, so they act as a pick-me-up or a perk, an alternative to coffee. And recently, finally had a chance to check them out. Uh, we went up to recertify our Glockard certification, which is a day-long classroom and quite a long drive to get there. So somewhere around noon, our morning coffee started to wear off and uh, needed something to, to pick me up. and. Uh, tried out these jelly beans. Uh, there's a cherry flavor. They tasted pretty good. A little bit of caffeine tang to them, but uh, overall uh, palatable. And they worked real well. About an hour later, I was wide awake, and uh, I would try them again. They're great to keep in a bag, uh, a non-liquid alternative for a little pick-me-up or a boost when needed. Thanks for watching. Has anybody seen these things before? I have not. I have not. So, no, but I know that they have some kind of, like, the actual coffee bean is somehow, they have ones that are where it's like the actual coffee bean, and it's like dehydrated or something. I don't know, but I've never seen those ones, like jelly bean, coffee bean. This is can. This is just a jelly belly with a bunch of caffeine in it, but what, I mean, it's not like a coffee bean. They're, the bean comes from jelly bean or whatever. But, like, uh, how much coffee is in those? Like, So I think it's, uh, the package is quite a few, so it's like, maybe two or three of the jelly beans is a cup of coffee. So it's not like you drink, you, not like you eat a packet of them to stay awake, if I remember right. And they had a bunch of different flavors of them. Uh, they also do uh, sport beans that are like electrolyte type of like uh, Gatorade type of mixes. So not so much caffeine as other type of energy boost. Uh, so uh, I haven't tried those. One well. eight ounce cup of coffee has 95 milligrams of caffeine in it. Okay. So how many, like, so you eat three of those, that's around noon. That'd be like 30 milligrams each? Um, I don't remember exactly. And I don't think I have a good enough picture of it to uh, see on there. I'm seeing if this thing will show it a little bit. No, not really. So uh, I don't know. We'd have to look it up on the net here in a minute. So, um, but the yeah. idea, there's also gums like that. But the idea is that when you're driving or whatever, you wouldn't have to drink something, which... Some of those things are just like a, you know, chemical in the gut, right? Yeah, that's that's what I was gonna say. Is I I have never seen those, but I have seen the like the amped energy gum or like the Mountain Dew gum type of stuff. And that's what I what I like about that is that at least like it gives you something to do. And sometimes when you're hungry, like chewing gum makes you not hungry anymore either. So that might help you not have to stop and get a sandwich or whatever. <laughs> So I, I'm a fan of the of the caffeinated gum. It says uh, each serving contains 50 milligrams. So question is, what's a serving? So maybe a bag is 50 milligrams. You said a, a cup of coffee is 95. Yeah, it, it, coffee is like around 100 ish. If you so it says. Each serving contains 50, about the size of half a cup of brewed coffee, along with carbohydrates, vitamins, and electrolytes, sugar. 
delicious watermelon flavor, keep you refreshed throughout your exercise. But anyway, I had tried some of the caffeine gums back in the day, um, and they're gross. Like, like chewing on an aspirin, if you put an aspirin in some gum and then started chewing on it, it's really gross. So this was a bit better than that, and I think less caffeine. Those those caffeine gums are for military use, so they're designed to like keep guys awake when they need to be. Uh, so I don't think they worry about flavor. These worry about flavor a little bit more, and I'm pretty sure it's less caffeine. Hmm. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't know it was military designed. I, like I said, I had the, the Mountain Dew brand. So they definitely were a little more sugary. I thought it tasted fine. So maybe they've improved since the last time you've had caffeine gum. Do I still have good Sam? I believe I do still have good Sam. Yep, I am sold on good Sam. I've had I used them a few times last year and uh, different spots with different problems and uh, got excellent service uh, at, at all times. And it, they're just the middleman, but they're able to, at least in my area, it works out well. I'm thinking about getting them for uh, my trip. For the price, I would recommend it. I mean, it's a no-brainer. $35 yeah. a year. Just for like a secondary kind of... Because I have AAA, but you know. They are. I thought they were less expensive than AAA, too. AAA is 120 Yeah. Or 130 I don't know, 100 and something. A lot less expensive. Yeah. Which is the other... Thing that I figured, well, why not? Uh, I think I don't know why he's asking, but um, the AAA gives you discounts a lot of times. I don't know if you get necessarily a hundred dollars. I'm not good at. I don't do enough things that cost money to need a discount. But if I was staying at more hotels and stuff, it might be worth it in the long run to have AAA if you're getting you know twenty dollars off in a hotel more than once, right? Yeah, between um, to yeah, to be honest, between the hotel and the rental car discount. You save probably, you know, over over the membership easily. So I think it, it very much depends on if you're doing travel that involves rentals and airfares, then then it's clearly AAA. If you're not, then maybe an alternative such as Good Sam. So he's asking because he says check before installing a trailer hitch on the van; it might jack your rate up. So. Uh... That could be a thing. Right on. So we're right about an hour. And oh, there's one other thing we're going to hit, and that is another channel. So we try to, in the van chats, talk about other uh, van channels that are out there. And we've discovered this one last week when we were checking out van pictures. And uh, this guy's awesome. I don't know what his deal is. He's uh, just like it, man. Nothing matters. And what if it did? So I don't know. Just some guy who takes pictures of cool vans and stuff. So saw a couple of them there. We can get into some bands. So we'll have a link to this guy's. Oh, this one? I I grabbed this one off the web too somewhere. So this is, uh, he didn't take that picture. Those are almost all Dodge vans. A lot of them are. And I don't know if, you might be getting these out of old magazines or something. But definitely some style to the old stuff and uh, cool channel. So we just kind of discovered this one last week as we were farting around. And we figured we'd feature it again this week make sure everybody's got the link. I feel like looking at old cool vehicles. They've got a pretty good variety. Oh, look at that. Damn, we'll leave it on that one. All right, so uh, what was the name of it again? High Water 77? Highway Star 77. Put that link up. You must be a mo a Motorhead fan. That name. Oh, is that a Motorhead song? Yeah. And with him liking Vans, that just fits absolutely perfect. It just makes sense. All right, well, so that's wrapping up. We're really close to the hour mark. Wanted to keep it on an hour. Appreciate everybody for helping me do that. And I think we covered it all um, as far as talking about the tour and a couple little band things at the end there. Watching the YouTube side at this point. Hopefully we'll have the gun channels uh, channels working again next week. Um, we'll be able to watch the gun channel side. And the Instagram died out when my phone died. So 
nobody on the Instagram side. And anybody? in the interim, uh, how can people find out about shows that are happening uh, that are channels over on Gun Channels in the meantime? I don't know. Ask around, I guess. Nothing uh, available. How about go to gunchannels.com and the main page is still up. And yeah. when people are doing their shows, what are can they do? Look around, figure it out. I can't do everything for everybody. I hope they've been doing it. People will post their shows when they're about to go live, and if it's open to the general uh, users, they'll put a link there. Or it's an area, if you remember, to post and ask that person for a link to join, if you would like. So I think it's at least decent to uh, reiterate, check out the Indiegogo campaign about the the uh, Gun Show Loophole Tour. Check out gunshowlooholetour.com. You can see the last tour, kind of get an idea of the type of stuff that Jewebs has checked out on the different legs he went on last year. And, uh, you know, suggest stuff for the new one and just, you know, stick back, keep checking back there for uh, any of the gun shop reviews or any of the, you know, museums and stuff. I really like the museums. That's something I haven't checked out a lot of. So inspiring I think, it's, on a the cool road I think it's a cool resource because if you're ever going to end up in a different state for who knows what reason like that's a resource where you can be like oh look at this guy he went to this in that state he went to this he went here oh i want to go there that looks really cool or you know and stuff like that or you know or look or this place has a huge gun show let me see if that's going on when i'm going to be around in that area you know and stuff like that I I got one last thing to plug for you there. Uh, G-Webs is your Patreon over on Gun Websites Patreon. There is a level for gun shop stuff. And that's where he's driving around anyways, checking out gun shops, checking out gun shows. And he buys cool things and sends them to you. And really, you know, half that money goes into the gas tank and half the money goes into buying the stuff and you know, shipping it, but that's a way to help keep the, uh, the local shops around and, you know, the local guy who's just going to a show. And I can say I've gotten some pretty cool stuff from that perk. So keep them coming. Right on. Thanks for bringing that up. Cause it's a big aspect of it. If it all works together, then yeah, I think it was 150 people. If you get 150 people on board with that, uh, perk, right? 50 bucks a month, then we're leaving $4,000 along the way every month every single month we're leaving a thousand dollars a week at gun shops and then like you said it's 50 bucks 25 of it half of it is spent at the gun shops and we leave that money there and then i spend seven bucks sending that 25 dollars worth of stuff to y'all so what does that leave me 18 dollars or something 13 dollars or something goes in the tank and like say it whatever 150 people that pays for the tour right there i think so um we're nowhere near that we're at 16 or something but it's awesome are able to spend, I think it's about $400 a month at shops and gun shows. So, uh, it's, yeah, it's a really neat uh, thing to be able to walk into a shop. And when I see like one of them, like that surplus store in Indiana that was just incredible, to be able to leave 60 100 bucks there. Uh, and that's possible with the people over on Patreon. So, yeah, that's designed to work along with this. If we can keep the tours going, then uh, that's the whole goal is to get out there, find these shops, and ideally leave them some money. So, thanks for bringing that up. And I guess I was going to show you that I posted an update. I'm going to post a couple of these for some of the gear. There's not a lot of gear that's necessary for the trip. We got the van. It's working pretty decent. But uh, I do want to add the element of 360 tours to the uh, trip um, with the goal of taking 360 tours of all the museums that are out there. Um, there's a couple of things. First, I need to get a camera. That's 300 bucks. and I don't have any money. So uh, one of the stretch goals, if we can get past all the gas and everything, would be getting one of these cameras. I uh, did a day's worth of farting around on YouTube, watching different reviews and stuff, and this look, looks like the one to get. And uh, it's pretty small as far as size-wise and not a big obnoxious thing to bring into a shop. Uh, but then got to get one and figure out how to use it, uh, get some experience using it in some shops that would be amenable to it, and get some shops out there with some 3D tours. That might be interesting. Um, maybe work on some of the smaller um, parks or outdoor displays of, like, um, static displays of airplanes or something like that uh, to get some experience with it 
And then ideally, once I know how to use the thing, go into the museums and try to get a 3D tour of the museum. It's not going to be their only one. It's not going to be their best one for sure. But um, just like when you go to Google Maps and you can start to see on Google Maps what a thing looked like two years ago, 10 years ago, um, in the future, people are going to be able to look back and forth through timelines on different uh, tours like this. So let's get some of these tours out there now uh, so that as museums change and exhibits grow and shrink, uh, there's some some stuff archived. So that's another element to it that we'll add. It's not the only or most important or anything, so it's one of the stretch goals. But uh, we'll post a couple of those. The other one would be a, a, some kind of drone. Uh, in the meantime, I'm hoping to meet up with people that have drones, something like the 45th Infantry Division Museum. I think they have 11 acres of static displays out there with all those airplanes and vehicles and tanks and helicopters and stuff. Uh, how awesome would that be with somebody who knows what they're doing with a drone flying around and getting some footage for the tour like that? So I don't know how to fly a drone really good, uh, but I got pretty good at driving around a $50 one. I figure if I get another $50 one or something to just get some aerial shots of some of the ranges and some of the outdoor things I go to, uh, but then also to hook up with people who have experience driving drones in different places so that, um, you know, we're using resources efficiently and people that have the good cameras and the use, knowledge of how to use it uh, can get together and, um, you know, add to some of the, the footage. Yeah, just, just kidnap Hosh when you go to California. I mean, he can be away from his family and his work for a couple months. Mm -hmm. They just throw him in the back and he's really good at flying the drone. He's got nothing else to do. Okay, they appreciate the time stamp there, so we are going to cut it up. Um, anybody else want to plug anything else before we head out? Uh, yeah, I just want to hit up uh, once again. If you're in the firearms uh, swag, uh, check out gearwebsites.com. It's a quick way to get money uh, to the till a lot faster and is definitely appreciated, as well as uh, it's another way to get some cool stuff that may not be a perk. So check it out, gearwebsites.com. Thanks. Thanks, everybody who showed up to watch us live. Thanks, everybody who showed up on the panel. And as always, thanks for watching.